The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thinking Sideways is not supported by being a playa. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there. Welcome again to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm your host, Joe, joined as always by... Devin. And... Steve. All right, so we're going to talk about a really fun mystery this week. Um, We're going to talk about Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan and what happened to them, possibly. Maybe. Theoretically. Yeah. Uh, So I'm sure you've heard about Amelia, but just in case you haven't, um, I'll just give you a brief rundown. She was an early female pioneer of aviation. And uh, she flew across the Atlantic, for example. I think the first woman to fly across the Atlantic. And she was uh, on, when she disappeared, she was on a round-the-world flight. She would have been the first woman. Yeah, to fly around I the like, world. I like, you just sound very unimpressed. Like, I guess mm. she was... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She was an important female figure yeah, yeah, yeah. in history. I, I, I probably, what Joe's trying to do is that we're trying to give just a real brief Very overview brief. of Amelia mm-hmm. yeah. because there's so much to the story. I mm. think it's probably what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if you go to her wiki page, you can read all about her life. So by all means, do that if you want to. But uh, <laughs> Do that just, instead. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and also, Fred Newton was her navigator. He was considered one of the best navigators around. Uh, and... Uh, he was also a licensed ship captain, had a ton of experience with marine and flight navigation. Excuse me, is. What's that? Is, maybe. Oh, that's true. You might still be alive. Yeah, Possibly. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Amelia and Fred, if you're out there listening, you know, drop us a postcard. Yeah. Because uh, so, so many people still use those. I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, on July 2nd, 1937, he and Amelia were heading out over the Pacific Ocean on their third to last leg of their round-the-world trip. Ugh. Yeah, and uh, they were going to try to find a tiny little piece of land called Howland Island. Um, you can find it on Google if you want. Joe did. Well, before I go any further, I want to uh, acknowledge that uh, this was suggested by a couple of people, Ash and also Jeremy. Yep. Yeah. Right? So thanks, guys. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah. on the list for quite a while. Yeah, it has. Yeah, one of our first suggestions, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, okay, the round, world, the round the World trip began in Oakland, California. It went eastward. In, in 1937, people had already flown around the world, so Amelia decided to set herself apart by following an extra-long 20,000-mile equatorial route. And also being female. Oh, and also that, too, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she got fa- financing for Purdue University, and Lockheed Aircraft built her a custom Lockheed Electra 10 airplane. Which is worth, pretty cool. Yeah, which Get your own it. fancy custom plane. I, know, I mean, yeah. yeah, but on the other hand, like, don't you want the model that's been tested? Yeah, I was going to say, you never, you, know? you, never, you never use first-gen tech. You don't tech. ever use yeah. first-gen tech. I'm not sure how long the, lock, the, the Electra had been around at that time. Well, but even if you just add an extra fuel tank, you want one that's, like, been around a couple times. Oh, yeah. That's uh, my rule, at least. Yeah. So, yeah, the extra big fuel tank was one thing. But, but what strikes me as strange about this is that they didn't incorporate a navigation dome. What's a navigation uh, dome? Because in the old days, before they had all this fancy stuff that we had these days, you had to use a sextant, and like, like when you're flying at night, actually get a fix on a star. Oh. Skylight in the top of the plane, basically. Oh. Basically, yeah, it's bubbles. Okay. like a, a hemispheric glass bubble that mm-hmm. they built into the tops of, of a lot of planes back in those days. And okay. why they didn't build one into this plane, I don't know, but it would have been a good idea. For fun. I think yeah. it's because they were, they were relying on the technology they had of the new radios and stuff like that. They thought I don't think they felt like they needed it as First much. First gen tech. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they, they were going to use radio direction finding technology in this particular little thing mm-hmm. of, of Amelia's, but it didn't really work out too well. Was there <laughs> is there some consideration for aerodynamics as well? Like, were they trying to make the plane more aerodynamic? Uh, that's conceivable. I don't know. To, to extend the fuel life? Yeah. I don't that's know. A, that's a good question. That, yeah. that, that is. I Thank don't know. you. Yeah. Yeah. The first try, this, this actually was her second try at around the world thing. Yeah. Yeah, she tried uh, one time before, uh, and she flew from Oakland to Honolulu successfully. Good. And, yeah. Was, and so that means that she was flying she from was flying east from to west. East to west. Instead uh, yeah. of what she ended up doing in the end, which was flying the yeah, opposite west. way. Yeah, well, exactly. West to east. Yeah. In Honolulu, she was taking off her second leg, mm-hmm. and uh, she had an unfortunate incident that's still a little controversial. She ground looped, essentially, which meant that on takeoff, one wingtip caught the ground, and she just sort of spun around and did oh. a huge amount of damage to her plane. Did it did it spin around? I always got the impression that the ground loop is where one hits, and then, you know, it's the equal and opposite reaction. It pushes it the other way, and mm-hmm. so they, they waggle back and forth. Because you've seen planes, I've seen planes doing that when they're taking mm-hmm. off, and they'll, they kind of one tip, then the other wing tip, back and forth mm-hmm. on their know. central axis? Oh, I guess. No, it's actually, it's defined as a rapid rotation of a plane in, a, in the horizontal plane. Oh, so okay. So, so my, it is uh, spinning. Yeah. yeah, so my impression is it's like one wing gets caught, basically. And then, oh, and it pivots. Around. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. That's Then that's where I misunderstood it. Yeah. Anyway, the plane was severely damaged. It had to be oh, shipped yeah. back to California to be fixed. And uh, and it's controversial. I mean, uh, I mean that's Amelia... That's a lot of damage. Yeah, Amelia claimed that uh, her right tire blew out, which may or may not be true. Um, mm. 
and uh, other people will blame pilot error. So mm. there, are, she's controversial. It might there might be a certain amount of bias with some of these people who said that she was not so hot of a pilot after all. Mm. Well, I was going to say that's a lot of a problems with this story is that people are holding back because either they think she because she was a woman she wasn't a good pilot, or because she was a woman woman pilot they don't want to point out any of her flaws and her ability. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird catch twenty two. Yeah, yeah, kind of is. Oh, and also there was some mention in the story at the end of nineteen thirty seven that supposedly Fred Noonan told his wife he had just recently remarried told her about the blowout if it was a blowout mm-hmm. that he didn't think it was an accident he thought it was sabotage oh yeah but uh, okay. I'll talk about I'll talk a little bit more about this article it was in True Magazine I, don't, I think that's <laughs> probably what not, it should not be called but it's mm-hmm. a pretty lurid article mm-hmm. uh, yeah Okay, anyway, back to the second, back to our trip. Uh, this, the, the second so her try. second attempt. Yeah, second try, they leave Oakland for Miami. And then in Miami, they made the fateful decision to remove their trailing antenna, uh, which really might have saved their bacon later. Joe, what's a trailing antenna? Thank you, Devin. Exactly. I will just do that for this entire episode. Don't <laughs> exactly. Worry. Yeah, I was, I was going to explain that. A trailing antenna is something that you, uh, in those days at least, uh, antennas were less sophisticated. Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, and I'm not an expert on radios at all, uh, but... My, my understanding of this is that in order to broadcast on the 500 kilohertz band, mm-hmm. the, which is the marine distress band, I think, you have to have, a, a, you have, to have a, an antenna of a certain length. Sure. And it'd be too much, to, a longer antenna than you could actually accommodate inside or mounted on the, the fuselage of it. So it's got to be longer. So what you do is it's a, it's a long end wire antenna with a lead weight on the end. And then you toss you, it out the window, essentially. No, yeah. no, no, you don't. You you deploy it out a hole in the uh-huh. back. So toss, toss it out, out the window. window. Exactly. Yeah. No, it goes out a hole in the fuselage <laughs> in the back, and then yeah, and huh? then it's got an toss electric winch. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so you, after you take off, you you deploy it, and then mm-hmm. before you land, you better remember to reel it back, it back in, or you why, destroy so it. So why? What would be the reason that one would disconnect that? It seems like it's. A fairly Appar- innocuous thing. Yeah, apparently, uh, I guess they felt it was just too much of a nuisance to have to reel it in every time you land the plane. So, so why not just deploy? Not, not deploy, deploy it. it. Yeah, that why was my question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it? It doesn't seem like it's a tremendously heavy thing. Yeah, no, you I know, know. It's not like weighing them down a whole it's lot. It's probably got a. It's probably a couple of pounds total in weight. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Just and don't eat a couple why... meals, maybe, and you're. Well, it was probably more than a couple of pounds for the electric winch and everything else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still, it wasn't that much. And uh, it's a little inexplicable. You know, I, for, for me, I would want to have... Everything. That, uh, yeah, I, I would just want to have that extra radio, you know, just in case when the radios goes out. And, yeah. you know, part of the big part of the problem with this whole thing for Amelia and Fred is that the, the, the radio wasn't quite working right. Mm-hmm. And that kind of hosed them in the end. First Gen Tech. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, just a brief mention here, uh, they were talking, before they hired or brought Fred on to the project, they were talking to another navigator whose name was Bradford Washburn, mm-hmm. and uh, they asked him, it was Amelia and her husband were asking him, well, if we want to go from New Guinea to Howland Island, it's going to be really tough to find, How, well, what do you think we need to do? And he said, you have to have a trailing antenna. <laughs> And and to, you know, to for communications, and you have to have a radio operator on the island. Amelia didn't want to go with the trailing antenna, mm-hmm. and so he backed out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, smart, smart move, dude. Yeah, yeah for him. Okay. I'm sure he was patting himself on the back. I mean, yeah. he probably wasn't happy about it, but, you know, still. 
the the so the jump from Lei this or excuse me not Lei from Lai Papua New Guinea. It's a town on the east uh, east coast of Papua New Guinea. As I said, the third to last leg. It was expected to take at least 18, 20 hours. And the Electra was capable of flying 24 hours under ideal conditions if the tanks were full. And I've heard varying accounts of this. Most say that the tanks were full when uh, they left Lai, but I've also seen a few other accounts that say that, no, she only had about 950 gallons of gas. Well, how much was the tank? Sorry. The tank, uh, I've heard varying estimates about that. 1,100? Uh, yeah, 11 to 1,200. So she, yeah. like, what, 80%? Is that yeah. 80%? I don't know, around there, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but apparently the, the there was a grass airstrip at Lai, and, oh. and it was it was only three thousand feet long. And apparently, mm-hmm. according to some authorities that I've heard, she couldn't take off with much more weight than she had. Mm-hmm. And they actually offloaded a bunch of weight just so they could you know make up make it up with fuel. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. they took some stuff off at Lai. The Navy was cooperating with the mission. The the Coast Guard cutter Itasca was stationed at Howland Island. And also the, the tug, the USS Ontario, was stationed midway between Lai and Howland. And then the USS Swan uh, was stationed beyond Howland Island to the east. So the Navy was fully So they had a line of ships for them to be able to communicate with uh-huh. yeah. as they got close, when they got there. And if they overshot, somebody yeah. could still talk mm. to them. Yeah, or go rescue them if they had to ditch or something okay. like True. that. True, yeah. yeah. So, That's yeah. nice of the Navy. That was awfully nice of yeah. them, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was an overnight flight that was scheduled to arrive at Howland Island early in the morning of July 2nd. So they left July 2nd. They arrived July 2nd. Mm. That's international dateline. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they left at 10 a.m., uh, which is zero Greenwich Mean Time. Okay. And so all the times I'm going to be giving from here on in are Greenwich Mean Time. Okay, so when, I don't know if you guys notice this when you research this. It's hard. Oh, it's screwy. It's really yeah. hard because there's half-hour time zones over there, and they're, they're talking uh, local time at Lai, local time at Howland, and, and, then, and then they're mixing it in with Greenwich Mean Time, mm-hmm. and oh my God, it's confusing. Yeah, so, so I, actually yeah. this is interesting. My brother is um, currently in New Zealand working, mm-hmm. and so they are three hours behind us, but they're in tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's very interesting trying to have, you know, Skype conversations with him because it's like, I don't, I literally cannot conceptualize of what time it is there for you because it's just, yeah. it seems like it's in the future. So I, you know. It is in the future. Well, I kind of had this same thing happening with this, mm-hmm. you know, because it was kind of like, I don't know. I, I can't get a good beat on it. So good on the Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah, it's good that we're yeah. just going to do it yeah, all in one please, time. Please, keep let's, this simple. Yeah. Let's do it, yeah. Uh, okay, back to uh, Howland Island. Uh, so the morning that Amelia and Fred were due in at Howland Island, the Itasca reported weather conditions uh, as clear blue sky to the south and the east, but heavy cloud banks to the north and the west. And the Itasca is the one that was at the island. That was at the island, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, so... Yeah, uh, so not the ideal weather conditions for finding a tiny island in the middle of nowhere when well, you're that, flying through and, that cloud So bank. the plane was yeah. flying towards the cloud banks. Yeah, it was flying, it was, through. Yeah, it was flying through them. So, okay. Yeah, so they were to the west of Howland Island. There were a, a very a decent number of radio messages, but I'm not going to list them all. Mm. Between There's a lot. There were a lot. But at, 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 when they were getting close to Howland at 1747 GMT, Amelia radioed, we're 200 miles out. Please take a bearing on our signal, and she started whistling into the microphone, and so that, that, the, so that the, it would be a tone for him to to track, right? Yeah, yeah, just just a steady noise mm-hmm. for them to track. And the thing about it is, is they replied to her, but they never got an acknowledgement of the message. Mm. And they, in fact, they they never got acknowledgements of any of their messages to her over the radio. 
which indicates to me her receiver was not working. Mm. That's what that's what it's widely believed is her, her receiver antenna had gotten damaged on takeoff. Uh, so about this time, the Itasca fired up its oil burners and generated a, a big column of black smoke. Oh, that's that, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, the commander of the ship said later that should have been visible for 40-plus miles to the south and east. Mm. Uh, and if if Amelia was flying at 1,000 feet, which she said she was. Mm-hmm. Well, but I've also um, heard that if she was coming from slightly, you know, in a sli- I think it was a slightly different direction, it could have very easily blended in with the clouds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possible. Depending on where yeah. she was. You know, it's funny. As I looked up this this ship, and I was like... It's got guns. Why the hell weren't they just firing off shots to make a bunch of noise so she could home in on that? That's not a bad idea. Yes, didn't it have is. guns at that time. They oh, didn't. it didn't. It didn't. Have guns. It got fitted for guns oh. for World War II, is what I figured out. I was ah. going to say, well, like, what happens when it's the errant shot and you shoot the plane right well, out you shoot, of the air? You shoot blanks. You don't, you don't yeah, use blanks. That yeah, would be yeah. funny. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I mean, miles away and uh, with, with two really loud aircraft engines you know right next to you it's true yeah i yeah. don't know you'd be able so to. i actually have one quick question before we move on from this uh, um, okay yeah it, it was documented that amelia did have like the kind of training right that she would know you have to respond when people like, yeah, radio you right and there was yeah. documented that she had done that in the past right uh yeah as far as okay. i know i, mean, I just wanted yeah. to make sure i mean you know there's it so was... much talk about her maybe not being a great pilot and blah 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 i mean I would think that everybody would know if somebody radios you, you at least acknowledge that you got it. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it occurs to me that maybe she just didn't know that. Yeah, I, but it was, it was I, a, so I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, well, she was accused of not following correct, correct procedures uh-huh. and radio, radio procedures later on. But I, um, but I just but, wanted to make sure. So if we're going forward with this, that it's that it does seem reasonable that she wasn't actually receiving the calls. Oh, yeah. Not that she was just choosing to not respond. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I know of is in reading is because this radio system was different than what she was used to. Mm. And she one account it, I read it was like she got like a half hour of training on it. Mm. Yeah. At uh, it's Lockheed. Is that who made yeah, this? Yeah, I yeah. They at, when she was picking up, they gave her a half hour walkthrough of how the radio worked. Yeah. Oh. So and, and also if her something ra- wasn't right, she may not have been known how to identify that or correct for it. Yeah, it was like her radio direction finder. I think is the one that she got just a really quick overview uh-huh. on, and that was it. Yeah. yeah so. Well, so and I guess it's also possible she wasn't totally clear on how it worked, and she may have thought she was hitting the button the right way, or thought uh-huh. she was holding her head the right way, and she wasn't. Yeah. And nobody's saying to her like, "Hey, did you hear what we were saying?" Uh-huh. Her headphones were unplugged the whole time, and she had yeah. no idea the mixer was off. Right. She didn't know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. all right. Sorry. Let's. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, but back back to what the commander said. He said that he was it was doubtful that the smoke would have been visible for more than twenty miles to the north and west, which is where she was coming from. Uh, okay. Back to the messages. Eighteen seventeen GMT. She radios that they were a hundred miles out and low on gas. Uh, and, and along about this time, her voice was starting to get a little, a little bit of an edge in it. I hear. <laughs> you know? I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is the part that I find a little inexplicable: is why it was. You know, she must not have been getting any messages from the Atasca or anybody else. Mm-hmm. So at that point, don't you conclude that your receiver is busted and turn around and go back to Lai? Isn't that what? Not well, if you're running low on gas. Well, I was going to say, Joe, she's been How going far for 18 she? hours. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying at this point. She must have known earlier in the flight well, you know, well before the halfway point that her receiver wasn't working. How could you oh. not deduce that your receiver Well, was- do we know, was there a storm? 
uh, yeah, there was any a kind of interference that could have knocked him out on mid-flight, so they wouldn't have known that mm-hmm. they weren't receiving. So suddenly they didn't find out that they weren't receiving until not possible until they the, suddenly weren't receiving from the ship, and they were like, "Well, we are too far now to turn around, so we're just going to have to go." Point of no return. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. Maybe they got struck by lightning or something like that. I or don't even, know. I mean, I don't know. Like maybe a duck hit it or something. I mean, yeah, not yeah. a duck. You know what I mean? A yeah. seafaring like, duck. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know. I, but I mean, I that's I, is that is that a reasonable thing to say? I suppose. To counter with the, that? the prevailing theory is that it was damaged on takeoff and it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. working the entire flight. Sure. And so, so they but, should have figured something out, like when they were communicating with the tower and not hearing the tower mm-hmm. in Papua New Guinea responding to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, so yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, for whatever reason, they just they, they just kept journeyed going. on. I think that maybe they figured that they could they'd be able to find this place, you yeah. know. Uh, and certainly, if the weather had been better, you know, the weather didn't help at all. They had a headwind for one thing. Mm. Uh, so back to the messages here. Uh, they got their last message message on the Itasca at twenty fourteen GMT. She said that uh, they were on a, on a line. I think it was line of position one fifty seven slash three thirty seven. Can you explain what that means? I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent positive that I understand. Yeah, oh, I definitely yeah. don't understand. What what is what yeah. do those numbers mean? One fifty seven. Okay, so that's latitude and longitude. No, no, no. That's uh, you know you know the you know that's uh, in, a, in a circle. There's three hundred and sixty degrees. Right? right. What? So yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and so zero on that circle is is north. Right. One hundred eighty degrees is south. Okay. So 157 so, degrees is like south southeast. Okay. 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 So I've never done bearings like yeah. this, yeah, so I that's why either. I was I was a little confused yeah. by what so they they're, were saying. So they're south southeast. What? Yeah. So south is south southeast is between south and southeast. Right. No, I know, but it's yeah. and then what's the? They can't give their position. What's three they don't three exactly seven? Know it. Yeah, three three seven is just the opposite, uh, like north northwest. Oh, so she was either going south, south. So, so that's the thing. She didn't say what direction on that line that they were going. Oh, they were all. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, and so it's it's so it's believed that what what Fred Noonan had done was what he was going to do is get them out there, take a bearing off off the sun or however he could get a bearing, mm-hmm. presumably the sun, mm-hmm. and determine their longitude. So if at, if they're at the correct longitude for the island, mm-hmm. uh, for Howland Island, then they make a then they make a right turn and mm-hmm. head down that line to hit the island. Mm-hmm. But you know, so that's that's theoretically what it, what he was doing. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I assume that they were running south on that line, but we actually don't know. She didn't say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And actually, and they may, they, frankly, they may not have really known either, right? They, no, they would have known, but they would have known which direction they were going. But but you know. We just had no way of knowing if they oh, were going yeah. north on that line. Right. Or, of course, yeah. they would have known. I'm sorry. Yeah, they I don't must know. Have known. Yeah. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm I'm being a dummy. Mm. Okay, so and that was the correct longitude for the island, latitude, longitude, uh, longitude. longitude. Yeah. Uh, it, appears, it appears not because they never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> so, now she also said at the end of that message she said she was switching to 6210, different frequency. The Tasca radio back telling her not to change her frequency. Uh, but apparently she did anyway because that's the last they ever heard of her. Did she? Did they switch frequencies? I don't know why they couldn't just switch over to sixty-two ten. Really, I'm not sure. One. They sure may why not they, have had the radio to do they, that. They may not have. That might have been part of the problem. I mean, I radios, guess radios back in those days were a lot more crude than mm-hmm. the other yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. You know? Although I, very narrow bandwidth. Yeah. I guess for me, my initial reaction is always like she she was in a small plane, like they had a giant naval ship. 
really the radio on her plane was more sophisticated than theirs but again you're yeah, right you, you, you make the, a good the point ship that the ship was is... was not new at that time no though. but it's you know and it, so bigger, it may have gotten the latest radio technology 10 years prior yeah that's true yeah yeah i yeah i yeah. so it's a good point that you guys are bringing up because it is totally my impulse to be like what do you mean <laughs> Her plane was more advanced than a giant battleship. I yeah, don't get oh, it. I know. I but know. You're right. You're I, right. I, I'm not really sure what the issue was there. You know, I, you would think that they would have the capability of operating Over on a bunch it. of different yeah. frequencies, including that one. But it might be that their radio was busted. Yeah. You know? Or it was old. Yeah. Well, then certain frequencies are only used in certain areas. You know, mm. on land versus sea. Yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm completely ignorant here. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I know yeah, that. So we're that we're going to get a lot practice. of hate mail from ham, ham radio operators. Probably. Yeah. They're going to yeah, kill us. I know. I know. Uh, but actually, there were three more messages. I mean, 20, uh, 2014 GMT is the one that's always listed as the last one. But I read that actually uh, the radio operator at, at Nauru, which was back at the halfway point on that, that island uh, on 6210, did hear three more messages hmm. at 2031, 2033, and 2054 GMT. So within the span of about a half hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what did... Less than half an... Well, I don't know what the contents were. I've never been able to find that, but... He did send a telegram that was eventually made it to the Coast Guard about the messages. He, he, he mentioned the last message. He said that the last message sounded just like the person in the previous messages, but that the person was shouting and the sound of the airplane's engines, which had been present in previous messages, was gone. So I'd probably be, sh- be shouting. I too. would too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A yeah. lot of things. So yeah. that is that is what we know about about uh, Amelia. That's the last we heard of her. Then um, there's a lot of theories out there, and they started almost immediately. Of course, yeah. She was she was a very public figure, and she oh, yeah. was doing a very public thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you recall? I mentioned that article uh, in True Magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The not so true. Yeah. That's, article. That's one of the first theories that came out is that they were assassinated. Mm. Yeah. So that was in the December 1937 issue of True Magazine. Uh, it claimed that uh, Amelia and Fred were spying for the U.S. government. Um, we're in theory section, by the way. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. We are in the theory okay. section. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I sure. Right, just clear. making sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this article notes that it was very risky to make the hop to Howland Island, and it would have made more sense to travel around the Pacific Rim, like, say, Japan, the Aleutians, Seattle. If you ignore point. completely what they were doing, yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, she wanted to do the whole equatorial thing, yeah. first of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But still, you know, they did. there's a good point. I mean, how, trying to find Howland Island in the middle of a vast ocean was kind of risky, and... Uh, and so obviously they were they were suspicious of True Magazine of why they took this very risky route, uh, and the answer they believed was that they had something in their possession that they didn't want the Japanese to see. Mm. Yeah, apparently they'd been doing a lot of spying on their around the world trip, and they had a lot of a lot of top secret info that needed to be delivered to the U.S. government. Uh, in Jap- like in the form of like developed pictures, is that what they're saying? Undeveloped film. Oh, who knows? You know, and, undeveloped. Uh, I yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. it has to be undeveloped. They they don't have I know, a processing. But that's but that's play. my argument against this theory because it's like well, but if it's undeveloped film, then they can say yeah, we've been taking pictures of our world record journey. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Why do you have eight hundred rolls of film? Because it's a long trip, okay? Yeah. Why? Why you? Why I, there's you a have... lot of water to take pictures of. I go to the bathroom of. and take like twelve selfies. I don't know what you want from me, okay? Yeah, I know. 
Sorry. Yeah, why are the pictures all of like military installations? Is I don't that, know. Yeah. It all looks like military installations from a thousand feet, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, anyway, somebody, presumably the Japanese government, didn't want all that all that good data delivered to the U.S. government, so they used radio interference to make the direction-finding gear in the airplane and the Itasca useless and to mess with, the air, mess with their, their audio mm. also. Which... Um, and the evidence for this is, well, the, the U.S. government did participate in Amelia Earhart's trip while well, stationing those three ships and everything. Um, that's well, about it for evidence. Um, uh, is, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We, let's just ignore the fact that she was friends with the, the current first lady <laughs> yeah, oh, at yeah. that time. Oh, yeah. that, you know, who she is and her connections had nothing to do with her no. being able to arrange all of that. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Oh, yeah. Well, but uh, I mean, also... It's not. It's not my impression. Correct me if I'm wrong. That these naval ships were like usually stationed in New York and made a huge transatlantic journey all the way over to this like little area to be stationed in these areas. They were kind of like stationed in that general vicinity yeah. anyway. It was a short jog for them to just go plant themselves you yeah. know, 100 miles from where they usually were. I don't know if they were stationed in the Philippines or you know, or, I mean, or Pearl Harbor. Right, or, but it's know. not they as They weren't though... that far. Yeah, it's not like they sailed halfway around the world yeah, to get there. Yeah, and it, no. you know, again, it's like kind of an exciting thing for the people who are on the ship, right? The, all of the Marines. Navy, Navy men, men, Navy men. Sorry, no, no. Uh, seamen. Maybe I didn't actually say this, but actually, two of them were Navy ships, but the Itasca was a Coast Guard cutter. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, but anyways, for the men that were stationed on the ships, you know, it's something interesting for them. Oh, yeah. uh, it's helping an American citizen achieve a world record. You know, it's, it's a famous American. Everybody famous wants to help. America. Yeah. I mean, we do stuff like that all the time already still. All right. Oh, totally. So, yeah, I mean, it's not suspicious. So, and of course, uh, this argument uh, or this article, they did make a mention of Fred Noonan saying to his wife, supposedly, that they'd been sabotaged in Honolulu when they, when they ground looped. When did that article come out again? December 1937. Okay. So like, and are, is that article the first mention of Fred Noonan's concern over Amelia's, uh, or over sabotage? Is that uh, where it came from? Probably. That's the first that I, that's the first that I know yeah, of. Yeah, I've never seen it. I'd never yeah. seen it dated prior to that. Now that I think about it, it's like, I wonder if we've discovered where the source of it is. Uh-huh. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, this is... Uh, this might be the first uh, the, the source for all the spying allegations mm. and everything, too. You know, uh, it could be another another source was there was a movie that came out in, I think, 1943 that was kind of loosely based on. There's Amelia been several Earhart. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was in this one. She was spying for the U.S. government. Yep. And that sort of helped to put that whole we were they were spying thing into the popular. Well, so where where are we saying they were spying? I mean, like where along the equator? That's that's was the, like very tactical at that point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the I, the area that they disappeared in it's there in the in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. There were islands that were under Japanese control at that time, but that's really the only thing. I mean, it's not like they would have gone to let's say Germany is the first one that pops into mind. That's way out of the way. Yeah, huh? I mean, it, it, nobody major pops up as somebody that I would say you would need to be spying on. Mm-hmm. I would just say, like, as, again, as a counter to that, not that any of us in this room, like, actually believe this, but I just really want to okay. hammer it home, right? Uh, that's a really popular, in the public eye, long, 
way to go about spying on tiny little islands that aren't really tactically mm-hmm. relevant. Yeah, I right? mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, but uh, but if you're gonna have you somebody know. spy, why would you be like Amelia Earhart is going for the world record of this thing? Everybody know this is Best exactly her story ever. This is exactly the way that she's going. So if you want to shoot her down, you know her course. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why Obviously, wouldn't you just? just Throw somebody in the air and have them go for it. Yeah, sure. Throw somebody in the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said that. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we can uh, say that the assassination theory was a fail. Yeah. 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 And then another one that's out there that's popular, and there's a, I didn't even, even incorporate every single theory oh, there's, into this. I, I, there's this is so one many. of the few times so where many. there's so many, it's just, it's just uh, they're, they're kind of grouped in generalities here. Yeah, a lot of them are very similar to one another, yeah. too. And yeah. Joe's not Devin, so he didn't do the bullet point way. Yeah. Which is why it's really easy for me to understand. Yeah. So continue on, Joe. Wow. <laughs> All right, our next theory, uh, they crashed on Saipan and were eventually killed by the Japanese. Uh, okay. That yeah. was a, another island that was under Japanese control at that time. And uh, somebody has dug up quotes from locals in Saipan who supposedly saw two white people, a man and a woman. Uh, One woman, who was a girl at the time, said she saw a silver twin-engine plane flying low over the island, hit some trees, and then crash land on the beach. And then she got a look at the two people from the wreck. They were white. And the woman she described as tall and thin with short hair, just like Amelia Earhart. Did either of you, actually, this is a little off topic, but I found it interesting. It's just when you were talking about um, having short hair. I'd never realized why she had her hair cut in the style that she did. Did you you guys find that in the reading? Mm, No. You can't have long hair when you're flying an airplane because you can't get it all underneath a cap easily. Mm -hmm. And so then, of course, it would be tangled and and would break off anyway over hours and hours and hours of flight time. So it was a giant pain in the butt, which is why she adopted... The short hairstyle. It's also uh, kind of a hazard if you're like checking engines that are going. Yeah, yeah. Like oh yeah, this is like you know don't have long loose clothes uh-huh. on when uh-huh. working don't around wear machinery. A tie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or maybe if you have to bail out of your plane, it gets tangled in your chute, and your chute mm-hmm. doesn't deploy correctly. Or yeah, God right. Knows I mean, there's I mean, a bajillion reasons why, but I I never lots thought of, of it. reasons. Yeah, yeah. No. It's because you've never had to think about it. I did once. I had long hair once. Yeah. I, I just mean as a man, 14. not as a bald man, just as a man. No, I had once as a man. I had long hair. Mm. It was really at fourteen. Yeah, it was a red man. Mm. Can we continue yeah, I, on? Yeah, yes. Okay. Leaving my hair. So styles. what's the problem with this theory? Well, Saipan is due north of Lai. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a pretty yeah. big one. That's yeah. a real, real gigantic navigational error. Like yeah. even I wouldn't make that error. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, in 1987, the lieutenant governor of Saipan said, in an interview on this topic, said that reporters were coming to the island and offering people money to say that they had seen two white people. And in 1937, there were white people living on Saipan. Somebody could, in good conscience, take the money and say, yeah, sure, I saw two white people. I saw a whole bunch of them yeah, yesterday. I thought, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I got to give this one a fail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, would, I would totally agree with that. Okay, this uh, this one uh, is kind of a variant that uh, actually has them wind up in Saipan after all. In fact, several of these have been winding up in Saipan for miscellaneous reasons. But this theory is that they took a detour over the Marshall Islands to do some spying for the government and were shot down by the Japanese. Uh, the Japanese were occupying the Marshall Islands, and that's to the north of where all of our Amelia Earhart action is going on, uh-huh. uh, well to the north. Uh, the U.S. government uh, had an interest in finding out what they were doing uh, in those islands because it was suspected that they were fortifying the islands, which they weren't supposed to be doing. 
Uh, so anyway, so Amelia wasn't listed to, to fly over the islands and, and spy on them. The Japanese shot them down, and supposing they survived the crash, eventually executed them on mm. Saipan. Okay. Yeah. In a, a magazine called Air Classics, a guy named, this is in April 1998, a guy named Roland Reinach. Great name. Yeah, and now uh, revealed the following. This is, this is a whole big Stonewall cover-up theory here. Okay. Of the whole thing. In April 1938, Paul Montz, who had been a technical advisor for Amelia Earhart, wrote to Eleanor Roosevelt asking if she would use her influence to get him a copy of the official report of the Cutter Itasca. Because they were good friends, her and, yeah, and Eleanor. Her and Eleanor, yeah, they were. Or at least, if not good friends. They were at least friends. They were, they were friends, yeah. He had asked the Coast Guard for a copy of the report, but they said that they wouldn't release it to him. They had to go through uh, the right channels or something. Apparently, yeah. So uh, Eleanor sent the letter to Henry Morgenthau with a note. Henry Morgenthau was Secretary of the Treasury and one of FDR's closest advisors. And on May 13th, 1938, and this, this eventually turned up actually in, in, in the files at the National Archives, hmm. Morgenthau called Eleanor Roosevelt and spoke with her secretary. Uh, and he said to her, and I quote, this letter that Mrs. Roosevelt wrote me about trying to get the report on Amelia Earhart. Now, I've been given a verbal report. If we're going to release this, it's just going to smear the whole reputation of Amelia Earhart. If we ever release the report of the Itasca on Amelia Earhart, any reputation she's got is gone. Now, I know what the Navy did, I know what the Itasca did, and I know how Amelia Earhart absolutely disregarded orders, and if we ever release this thing, goodbye Amelia Earhart's reputation. Unquote. Now, some people took this to mean that Morgenthau was thinking that her reputation would be ruined if people found out that she'd been spying for Uncle Sam. I don't take it that way. I don't okay. take it that way. I was going to say, am I no. the only one who feels like he's saying she screwed up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like in the, even in the official story, right, it says like she changed frequencies and obviously that she was did. like yeah. a huge misstep, right? She ignored she her instructions. Yeah. 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 And I'm if sure. She, if she could hear the instructions, she disregarded them. Right. Yeah. But like who, like why would you, I guess. If she could couldn't hear them then it's understandable she might have been following a process she had done before uh, yeah. i guess it's also possible um, it's just occurring to me that she changed frequencies because she couldn't hear anything and thought "Ooh, good point maybe yeah. that's it maybe they're the not getting what i'm saying maybe so that's i better why change frequencies cycle that's, through the frequencies yeah. not necessarily keep going. yeah not, not a bad idea but, you know it might be like what you're saying you know too with the, the whole thing about getting hit by lightning and having it go out halfway through maybe a few or something maybe maybe a i mean even blew. like a piece of hail you yeah. know like oh, yeah, a, a chunk fuse. of something like i said a fuse could have blown yeah maybe she just didn't know i mean mm -hmm. it could happen i do i'll get i guess i do want to go ahead and state that like if your plane got hit by lightning probably that'd be one of the first things you said as soon as you were within radio contact mm -hmm. if you thought anybody could hear you you yeah. would say hey we got hit by lightning so i don't know what's <laughs> going on but here's some information and then you wouldn't hear that would anything, be in your status say, absolutely hey i got hit by lightning here's another update uh, we don't know what's going on right it does seem like you would mention yeah. that but hey yeah who am i, I know. Anyway, I, sorry, I that's off topic. I think that report up. would have been, oh, my God, lightning got hit by lightning. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, lightning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Well, but that you would want, I mean, maybe this is just my rational. <laughs> yeah, I understand you know, entirely. 2020 it's, brain, but. It's perfectly okay. You know, if you go down, you just deploy your life raft and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, where are we? Oh, back to this article. Reinach goes on to, and by the way, this guy, 
This is really annoying when I was typing this up. This guy's name is spelled R-E-I-N-E-C-K. And every time I would type that, his name in, it would autocorrect would turn it into redneck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not redneck. Why yeah. yeah. I finally just gave up. He's redneck. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Google. Yeah. Uh, his article also notes some gaps in the radio logs, which I don't find entirely all that suspicious. You know. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, he makes note of a, of a letter that had been received by the U.S. Army saying that Amelia had been shot down by the Japanese. And then last of all, he talks about a request from Daniel, Daniel Akaka of Hawaii. In 1991, to Treasury Secretary Nicholas Brady, Senator Akaka wanted to see Henry Morgenthau's files on Amelia, and Treasury Secretary Brady replied that the Morgenthau files had been sent to the National Archives. Well, that's suspicious, don't you think? Why? I <laughs> know that's that's what I'm wondering why, but right. yeah, he's uh, yeah that this okay. Reinick, I felt really dense. <laughs> Reinick, yeah, Reinick saw that as a, as a, basically a cover up. So Morgenthau, mm. Morgenthau stonewalls about Amelia, and then Brady stonewalls on Morgenthau. Um, so cover up, cover up, and that to me doesn't prove a damn thing, but that's the way this guy spun the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, uh, but the problem with this whole theory about spying in the Marshall Islands is uh, if she. If she had gone through the marshals and overflown a representative number of, of islands and see, to see what the Japanese are doing, and then headed on down to Howland Island, she would have run out of fuel. Mm-hmm. And that's a significant it's a big detour. detour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as it happens, it would have been even bigger because the plane actually did flew over the island of Nauru on the way halfway out there. Mm. So I would have had to go halfway out to Howland. Confirmation of that? Um, I think so. Yeah, okay. or at least radio. But uh, I think it was still light when she went over that that island. But after passing that island, she would have had to basically turn left and head up to the head up to the marshals, do her spying, and then come back down. So it was an even more significant detour than just going straight there from Lai. Also, um, wouldn't it have been like night? Oh uh, yeah, I did. I, I don't good film. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good, really we, good camera. We yeah. don't have film that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Nope. Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, probably the military does, but yeah. I don't. They totally yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, but they didn't have that kind Not of then. capability. Not in a place days. when they yeah. couldn't even change over to the right radio frequency. They didn't. Yeah. You would have had to put a really big flash bulb on the bottom of that plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it would have been probably reported. Yeah, and then it would have, have shot been shot down. Right. Have there been any UFO reports from that time in no. that area? No. No? Yeah, it's her. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, back to the the report. Uh, the report was kind of scathing. It was written by the, the, the you know about and that and that is I seen I've seen some excerpts from the report and it was rather scathing. And so that's obviously the reason why Morgenthau didn't want to release it. Well, uh, I think I think part of it though is is the uh, there was a certain level of sexism at that time towards that profession, and I'm sure that that really colored the report. Yeah. Yeah, or I mean, influenced the, yeah. so that it was in the tone that it was in. Yeah, there probably was some bias on the part on the part of at least some of these people. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, well, I shouldn't say no doubt. I mean, there there could have been. I don't know that there was. There probably was. Lastly, on the spying theory, uh, Amelia's family denies that she is, he was doing any of that. Her sister said that uh, they were very close and that there's no way that she would have not mentioned that to her. I'm just going to I'm her. just going to say again it seems like a really bad, if you're trying to do something covert why would you tack it on to something where you're literally super, publicizing the uh, yeah, hell out of it Exactly. You know. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is is you know there were plenty of plenty of ways to get spies in there to look around. And so Yeah, this just seems like a weird cover story. No, that's a lame. I, I give this one a fail. What do you guys think? <laughs> 
Yeah. I love it, yeah. Joe. It's a pass-fail. It's pass-fail. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. No gray zone. Okay, yeah. Our next theory is that uh, they couldn't find Howland Island, so they crash land on Mili Atoll in the Marshall Islands, which is, you know, on the south south side of the chain, but it, it is controlled by the Japanese, and the Japanese, you know, of course, grabbed them and, you know, sent them to Saipan and, and then eventually killed them. Uh, there are this, there are a fair number of people who actually buy into this theory. They would have had to have been way far off course to, um, I mean, really far off course. I, I guess my thing with that is that um, wouldn't it seems like the Japanese would try to ransom them, ransom them. Not if they were hiding something. If they, they were hiding something they were think, doing, they would not ransom those people. But off. I don't think that this theory says that they were hiding something right it was just that they accident they were off course and they crash landed yeah right i thought you were talking about the japanese hiding something oh i was yeah yeah. i was you're saying that they weren't hiding anything they the japanese find them and Mm -hmm. would have then tried to ransom them ransom them off yeah Mm -hmm. i don't don't think they would have even tried that i mean we were not at war with japan at this time yeah but we weren't and, in, we weren't under good relations. We no, it wasn't it wasn't the best. It wasn't but we're like not, now. It's not like we had the best relations with the Russians. But the Russians, if somebody crash landed on their, on their territory, would probably just hand them back. You know the. Uh, it was because they were civilians. And I, I didn't mention this before, as, as as you guys know, there was a huge search effort undertaken to find her. Uh-huh. They, they combed yeah. a huge amount of ocean looking for the plane, and they never found it. And a ten, two Japanese warships took part in that search effort. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, yeah, it does seem unlikely. Yeah. They would have probably said we have them. Well, if they if they had something super secret uh, on the atoll, but I've, I've seen aerials of that, and it's just a basically kind of a squarey sliver of land around a big lagoon. There's not not much you can put there, militarily yeah. speaking. Well, and I know I'm looking at your notes, but there's there's people who say that that they give accounts that these two were alive at some point with the Japanese, and that's uh-huh. the weird thing to me. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and so they they captured them on on the atoll, and then. They took him to Saipan, and mm-hmm. and eventually, so the story goes, they were both executed, or Fred got executed, and Amelia died of disease or mm-hmm. something. You know? Well, maybe Amelia and Fred were actually spies for the Japanese. That could mm. have been. Maybe they're over there living there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know if you guys have any more thoughts on this. I give it a fail. No. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, their plane could easily have reached the atoll from where they left. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, it would be a massive, uh, a massive error of navigation. Mm-hmm. But it could have re- it could have reached it for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I don't think so. But but by going all the way over to Howland and then up, no, no way. Okay, fail. Uh, another story that got out there is I think this started about 1970 is that she survived and assumed a new identity in in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. she's living yeah. with uh, with a uh, Tupac and uh, yeah, Princess and Dorothy Diana, Arnold. Right? Yeah. yeah, and Dorothy exactly. Arnold. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So this idea was floated in a book uh, called Amelia Earhart Lives, published in 1970. The claim is that Amelia survived Japanese captivity, uh, returned to the U.S. after the war, and where she moved to New Jersey and changed her name to Irene Folam. And uh, Irene, for her part, sued the publisher and uh, got an out-of-court settlement for an undisclosed amount. And then the book was taken off the market. I've seen a picture of Irene, and she looks sort of like Amelia Earhart. Did you guys ever see that picture over that's out there? I I want to say yes, but I don't remember it. Not a perfect match, I would say. Not even a no. little yeah. bit of a perfect Now that Devin's showing it to me, yeah, that's... No. She looks like Princess Di more than Amelia Earhart to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and so, you know, so I think this is an incredibly weak theory. How anybody could buy into it is, is beyond me, much less publish a book about it. And why would, and, some, why would Amelia Earhart do that? Well, exactly. She liked publicity. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to imagine her living in obscurity voluntarily, because if she had come home after the war, she would have come home to a hero's welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been huge. And then she could have she could have written books that would have made movies. I mean, seriously, it would have been a well, big deal. Well, that was deal. part of what she made part of her living from before she went on this, is yeah. that she was on books, a, a yeah. speaking tour. Yeah, and writing books and, and stuff like that. She was, she was going to write a book about this this around-the-world yeah, journey. Part of the reason to do yeah. this was to generate a, a, you know money for the next five to ten years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so this is one of the most asinine theories I've ever seen. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I dumb. believe you're going to say this is a fail. It's a fail. Okay, now, next theory. Is uh, this our last one? Nah, not quite. Okay. Not quite. <sighs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so this theory is there, there's, an, there's an island uh, 350 miles south southeast of, um, of our island, of Howland. A lot of people think that they crash-landed on an island called Gardner Island, which is about 350 miles south southeast mm-hmm. of Howland Island. Uh, and the, there's, a, there's a reef on the northwest corner of the, the island. And it's kind of flat, flat enough to land a plane on. So it's believed that she could have landed that plane on the reef and actually been there for, you know, days or however long it took, but they eventually died of thirst. Mm -hmm. So here's why so many people like this theory. Uh, You remember I talked about that line they were traveling on, 157, 337? Uh Yeah. Or 153. Yeah. No, it's one fifty-seven, three thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so uh, they, if you draw that line through that line through Howland Island. It almost did that bearing and almost directly goes to Gardner Island. That's oh. one reason people like it. So it's uh, past Holland Island? Yeah, it would be south of there. Yeah. Okay. For four to five days after she went missing, there were various weak radio signals that people were hearing that were perhaps from Amelia Earhart. Yeah. So it was theorized at the time that maybe she had found a place to land and she was broadcasting SOS messages. So that's another reason that people like this theory. Hmm. Yeah. So what if, remember I said that there were, there were, a, big cloud banks to the west of Howland Island. What if they emerged through a navigation area error far south, uh, far far enough south of Howland Island, they were not able to see that column of smoke that the Itasca was emitting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's far enough. So they turned, believing Or they that, were lower yeah. than one they way or another, they, they don't yeah. see the column of smoke. Yeah, yeah. one way or another. Uh, they don't see it, and so they and so and they're under the impression that they're actually north of Howland Island. So they turn right, head down that line, Maybe, you know, they, they wind up coming across this island, which is not the right island, but, well, we're out of gas, so it's time to land this thing. Oh, so, yeah, if you're running out of fuel. It's somewhere to land. And yeah. there's, there's land, you yeah. land. Yeah, and and so other support for the theory is uh, in 1940, there was a British colonial officer named Gerald Gallagher who found a skeleton and what appeared to be a sextant box uh, on the southeast corner of Gardner Island. Huh. You notice I'm not, I'm not calling him, the actual name of it is Nihumaroro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling it Gardner Island. They've renamed it, but I'm going to call it Gardner. Yeah, that's Japanese right. Island now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this one. Yeah. Uh, no, it's I forget what country it's. It's part of another like archipelago, archipelago mm-hmm. country. Okay. Yeah, but it's not Japanese. Gerald Gallagher sent the the skeleton to Fiji, where British authorities had looked at it, and they concluded that it had belonged to a man about five foot five inches tall. Mm-hmm. But then a 1998 reanalysis of the measurement data concluded that the skeleton actually belonged to a tall white woman of European ancestry. Uh, I never understood how that worked. How they managed to do that, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Because the skeleton was 
gone. Yeah, the, the original skeleton is long since So it was just from measurements. Yeah, so I don't know. They, they go look at the records and somehow conclude that it's actually not a five foot five guy, but you know, I don't know if there, if there were photographs or what. Uh, but well, I guess maybe if there were like span, specimens, samples, samples. Samples. What my brain was. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, this was done under the auspices of a group called. Let me. It's the International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery, um, aka Tiger. Oh. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know they. Tiger. Yeah, these guys started investigating Gardner Island as a possible resting place for. Amelia and Fred in 1988, mm. and I think they're still at it. I know okay. they they had, they had an expedition I think as late as 2012 out to the island. Mm-hmm. So they've been. Uh, it's not that big of an island. No, it's not that huge. Now, uh, as far as I could tell, they have an unblemished record in 28 years of historic aircraft recovery. They haven't found anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect record. Yeah. Uh, it may be. They haven't been wrong yet. Perfect no. zero, but yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, so anyway, that, that's what they believe, is that, that they, they landed on the reef. There, and then they just died. Yeah, and, they, and, and again, okay. it's the radio, because of the radio messages, uh, which were heard by a lot of people. Uh, nobody's really sure if it was Amelia or just pranksters. I could have been a lot of pranksters. So the thing that I, I read was that because everybody knew that she was missing and they were on that frequency, a lot of people were calling. Mm-hmm. And people and I read this and somebody said, you know, there was so much traffic on there that it was kind of jammed up and you got little wisps of, prior, of, of transmissions that were just too low to make out, but you could kind of hear something. Uh-huh. And so that's, people were like, oh, no, that's what's, this guy was saying that's what's happening is that it's just too many people on the band uh-huh. and they're all talking and it's just degrading the signal. So you're just picking up little bits here and there. Yep. When normally there's, let's say, five people in the Pacific using it, there's now 500. Uh-huh. That's I a know. problem. Yeah, it is a problem. And they usually regulate things like that. I know there are a lot of military frequencies where you cannot, as a civilian, oh, yeah. be on. You, no, no, you So usually they regulate stuff like that, but I guess this one they weren't regulating. Ah, uh, yeah, and, and uh, this this might have been all over the frequency range, too. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. It's well, it also true. could have been under the auspice of, like, let's all listen to see if we can hear her. Uh-huh. Then they well, might that, have been a little more lenient at that point. That is the thing to do, is just for everybody to just shut up and stay off the radio and just listen. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that would have been... Yeah. It, said it's people, yeah. it was people calling, Amelia, can you hear us? Amelia. <laughs> so then you hear the ghost of, um, you know, this bits of a voice through the static, yeah. Amelia, and you think, you hear, you know, somebody says, Amelia Earhart, are you there? And, it's, and it translates to, Amelia Earhart is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this happens. Exactly. And it's the dumbest thing because, I mean, obviously, if Amelia and Fred have a working radio, they're going to be on it trying to get, you know, calling yeah. you, you know, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, but anyway, there was one one, one notable uh, instance, uh, which was a, a girl named Betty Clank, uh, who was uh, living in Florida at the time. This is a hell of a skip if she got the radio skip. Yeah, but, you know, it's not unheard of, but it is a hell of a skip. You're yeah. right, halfway around the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but she was fiddling with, with her dad's shortwave radio, and she heard a woman's voice saying, this is Amelia Earhart, help me. So she listened to this transmission for three hours or so and took notes. And years later, she gave those notes to Rick Gillespie, who is the head of Tiger. Tiger. Yeah, Tiger. Tiger, or whatever you call mm-hmm. them. Uh, and I've seen copies of the notes. They're not, they're, they're not too readable. You can, you can make sense. Somebody's transcribed them, so mm-hmm. they're making them much easier to read. Mm-hmm. It was mostly a woman's voice, but there was a man's voice in the background. And apparently he sounded kind of agitated. And, um, and at one point he says he's got to leave because, quote, the water's knee deep. Let me out, unquote. 
And this woman kept making reference to New York City. And in fact, she said it a total of seven times, which is key because just a stone's throw away on that reef was the wreck of the SS Norwich City. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, which founded on that reef in 1929. So was Amelia saying Norwich City, but Betty Clank was hearing New York, New York City? City? Or just that's or a, not understanding what Norwich was and mm-hmm. yeah. presuming? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the closest thing that she knows about. So... And with that, because that would be a way to clue the Navy into your position. Now, mm-hmm. there sure. are, yeah, there are some numbers in Betty's notes, but none of them bear any resemblance to Gardner Island's actual coordinates. And since Fred was apparently still alive, it's been assumed by everybody that he, he was incapacitated due to injury or something, or maybe his sextant got broken in the landing. So they didn't know their location, but they luckily had a shipwreck right there called the Norwich City. Very convenient. It's very handy. A great way to clue people in as to where you are. But unluckily, it doesn't appear that anybody heard that transmission other than Betty. So, Which is suspicious. Well, that okay. makes me wonder, yeah. Rick Gillespie of Tigar uh, theorizes that, that Amelia and Fred and the plane were on the reef for four or five days before the plane got finally swept off the reef and out to sea. And they suspected it's still there, not far offshore. And, of course, they haven't found it yet, though. And they did find, I think this was in 2012, they did find using sonar a large airplane-sized object on the seafloor not too far away from the island. Um but there's uh, a lot of those though yeah there really They're are rocks yeah like a lot of those <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, i mean not 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 i'm 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 being i'm joking here. Yeah, I'm dismissive yeah, no. in theory but there's a lot of airplane sized things on the bottom of the ocean oh sure frankly and whales are air airplane sized things that's a good point and yeah. frankly bigger yeah you know in the course of uh world war ii we left we left a lot of airplane wreckage on the mm-hmm. on, on the pacific mm-hmm. seafloor. Yeah. so yeah. yeah there's lots of it down there uh, yeah, I don't know why they weren't able to confirm this that this was actually the plane or not. Maybe they just wanted an excuse to come back at a later date. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Google uh, Ocean hadn't been finished at that point, so... Yeah. Well, anyway, they, they did scour the island. They found some interesting stuff. Uh, the big find is a rectangular piece of aluminum with a lot of rivet holes in it. Mm. Yeah, you've seen pictures of that, I'm sure. I have, yeah. and I really question it. That couldn't have come from anything else. Yeah, you don't see I know, that I know. on beaches anywhere. Yeah, well, they did have they did cover they did have one of the windows on the on the, the electro plated over with aluminum, and this Here, is about the size and dimensions of that piece of aluminum. So here's my question, though: is I understand yeah. why the body of the aircraft has a bajillion rivets in it because it's riveting that skin mm. yeah. to a frame. Mm-hmm. But why would the window cover have a bajillion rivets in that middle. were in the same line as the body when there's no frame to be riveting it to? Well, yeah, exactly. I don't, you know, I don't know what actually you would be building that would need that many rivets. So it's, it was they riveted the hell out of it. Oh thing. yeah, it's yeah. riddled with them. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that that piece a little bit later okay. here. But yeah, that that is definitely a reasonable question. But Rick Gillespie of Tigar uh, is. Uh, Says he's ninety nine percent that it's it's a real deal. Let's see what else did they find. And is there? Can you do testing on the metal? I'm sure you could probably. You find know, like out. if they took it to. I'm sorry, who made the Electra? Lockheed. Lockheed. If like he took it to Lockheed and said, "Hey, can you test this metal to see, see if, if it's, it's what you even remotely time? similar to what you used at that time?" Mm-hmm. Seems like they could do that, right? Probably. Okay, but probably. he hasn't done that. Cause... I I don't know if he's done that or not. He claims he's, he likes his he perfect. Plans, yeah, he claims he's he claims he's got it gotten it more or less authenticated, but I don't know what that <gasps> process was. I mean, it hasn't released any of the authentication yeah. information. Well, yeah. we are more or less detectives. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. we are. Yeah. 
The well, you know, I've the more uh, or less got my detective's license. Yeah. Well, you know that that's yeah, well, that like the whole skeleton thing. You know, suddenly this guy, this guy gets involved with, and suddenly they they decided it had to be a tall white woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five foot five. Yeah, I know. Let's see what else they found. They found an impressive haul of stuff. They found a cap from a jar, a okay. zipper pull to heel okay. off a woman's shoe, mm-hmm. a piece of plexiglass mm-hmm. uh, that was curved and that could possibly have been from an airplane window, mm-hmm. uh, a few improvised tools, and a piece of bone that appears to be part of a human finger. Although DNA analysis has been inconclusive on that one. Do you think Amelia Earhart wore heels when she was flying? Well, I'm oh, not sure course. if these were high heels or low heels. I don't know what Heels they were. of any kind. Yeah, I don't know. Well, boots. I mean, you wear boots in general. I mean, just regular day-to-day boots have a heel on them. Yeah, these weren't high heels. No, right. I, I yeah. think they're like, look at Joe's shoe. There's a heel yeah. on the there rear of it. But it's that... part of the overall sole. Well, it's a di- so I, I have the impression that it's a... I'm sorry, I'm kind of a nerd about things. I know like you this. are. Um, that it's a disconnected sole. That it's not, you know, that the heel is different from the sole of the shoe, which mm-hmm. usually means that it's a a bigger heel. I disagree. A little with that. bit. No, if it's going to be a flat sole, if you're wearing a flat shoe of any kind, the sole is one piece. One continuous piece. Right. Yes. Even an inch, you usually have it's... the same continuous piece. Yes. Don't look at me like that. I know my stuff. I'm, no, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> and then two inches usually is when you start to get the two disconnected pieces. Well, I think that, no, even today, then. I think okay. that, I don't know. I mean, because, yeah, I have, uh, I've, I've owned pairs of dress shoes, for example, mm-hmm. where it was like a long sort of almost woodeny, woodeny thing with a, mm-hmm. with a rubber sole mm-hmm. attached to it. And then those, we're, talking, we're talking like, you know, half to three quarters of an inch of, of heel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I... You know, I'm very sure it could, could, could have become disconnected somehow. So if we're talking, yeah. I, I mean, so. Although I guess I wouldn't call that a heel off of a, a, a person's shoe. They, I, uh, they, they, they don't know even for sure if it's a, a man's or a woman's. I don't know that there's much to be gained by this because we, uh, Joe just hit on the perfect point. We don't know if it's a man or woman's heel mm-hmm. and it could have washed up there along with a thousand rubber duckies. Well, sure. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're talking, it's the rubber pe- We Have we seen pictures of it? Of the, the heel? Yeah. I have not. Uh, okay. You, you could probably go out to Tigar's website and see a picture <laughs> no. of it. But here's, <laughs> but here's okay, the no, deal. No, that's fine. Here's the deal is uh, that, that island is, uh, people have been... People have actually lived on that island mm-hmm. off and on uh, for for years, and people have been visiting the island at the time for in, you know for well over a hundred years. People have been coming and going from that island. As have critters, which is why the the finger bone could easily be a, from a turtle. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Is that the they as far as the DNA analysis goes? Because they, they can't tell. They can't tell if it's a human or a sea turtle. They yeah. really can't. But yeah, it would be it would be really surprising if you scoured the island to not find some junk laying around. Yeah. <laughs> People are messy. We throw yeah. stuff in the ocean in all fact, the time. I I am impressed that they found so little. I yeah. really am. It means they're either spectacularly incompetent or people have been a lot tidier than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But here's my other problems with, with their theory overall, which is the, 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 the aluminum panel. Mm-hmm. Their theory stipulates that the plane landed on the reef intact and they were using the radio. So that how did that aluminum piece get detached from the airplane? It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Betty Clank's notes. Remember the the notes from mm-hmm. Norwich, Norwich City to New York City. Um, and I looked in there, and there are lots of references to New York City, but nowhere near that is the word wreck or shipwreck. Uh, because you know, think about it. Now what? imagine that. I, but I no. could I could see you saying, you know, we are near the Norwich City. 
expecting everybody to understand that mm. the Norwich is a wreck. Yeah. Here's a question. When was it that Betty was listening? Betty, right? Yeah. Betty. Supposedly when... it was like the afternoon of July 5th. So it was yeah. right when they would. Okay. Never yeah. mind. I was going to make the argument that, okay, so they're like dehydrated and malnourished and have just gone through this incredible trauma. That, uh-huh. You know, yeah. you're just kind of saying things that you can see, not necessarily thinking, oh, I should tell them it's a shipwreck. But yeah, yeah. if it was that night, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, and, and well, the thing about it is, is um, and let's imagine you're, you're shipwrecked and there's a ship right there. It's called the Bob Jones, mm-hmm. the SS Bob Jones. And you want to be found. So if you have half a, half an ounce of brains, you're not going to be saying Bob Jones, Bob Jones, Bob Jones. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to say the wreck of the Bob Jones, the shipwreck well, of the Bob Jones. Is or here. if anything else, the USS Bob Jones. Yeah. 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 And this does assume that she was, you know, that she was hearing Amelia Earhart or the yeah. she was transcribing whatever. From that first night, because if you take a couple days of dehydration and malnourishment and stuff like that, uh-huh. it's it's much easier to see that you're just literally like rock, yeah. uh, ship, ocean, well, tree, true, you know. But but, but this, I, the 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 island had it was surveyed later that year by an expert. I was going to talk about that. It had a well over a hundred big healthy coconut trees. Okay, yeah, yeah. what so you no. could say so they could Sustenance. yeah, Easily, yeah, lots of you know, lots mm-hmm. of that stuff. Uh, so here's my next problem with their theory, which is, okay, the plane was washed off the reef by wave action, but wouldn't it be more likely that breakers would have been coming in from outside the island and pushed the plane off into the lagoon? I would say not even more likely. <laughs> like, it seems more likely Physically, yes. I actually want to play devil's advocate because you're presuming that it is landed in the middle of and sitting on top well, of the reef instead of yeah. just just barely resting on the exterior edge of the reef, which when it breaks free and it's sinking, it would slide back down. Mm-hmm. Just the wave action would break whatever was holding sure. it. I it does it seem like then it would just be sitting like right next to I, the reef. I am in, I'm in agreement with you on that <laughs> point, but I'm saying it, I, I think that, yes, it should have gone inwards, but it could easily have gone outwards. Mm, yeah. And then no, it's, flown it's, through the ocean for several miles. It is true, because that thing with that, with that big-ass empty tank, it would have, it would have, mm-hmm. I don't know that it would have been positively buoyant, but it definitely wouldn't have been too terribly negatively buoyant, uh-huh. so it could have easily floated a long ways away. Yeah. Yeah, especially with those big old wings, you know, it could just, mm-hmm. it could just drift on for miles, probably. Yeah. Uh, here's my next problem with it, though, is that it, it, it really does appear from the radio transmissions they were getting, they were getting stronger and stronger. I mean, it appears that Amelia and Fred were very close to Howland Island before they made that turn and headed south. Mm-hmm. And it just seems they, they, just, they just did not have enough gas to get all the way to Gardner Island. But what do you guys think? I agree. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the, it's even at perfect mileage, I think it's a stretch to say they got there. And they definitely yeah. weren't getting perfect mileage. No, they weren't. They weren't. They, uh, yeah, with the headwinds and everything else. Uh, and here's my last problem with it is that uh, Navy planes searched the island. I mean, they searched all the islands in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they would have fl- seen it. Yeah, they flew around it on July 9th, and they circled it, and they flew over it and everything. And they looked at it pretty carefully, and they saw nothing. Uh, and, of course, as you say, they could have died of thirst, except that's just only if they're really, really stupid or they found no way to crack open coconuts. Which you know? would mean there's no rocks. Yeah, yeah. And I got, because I got they a... use their heel or their shoe, which we did find. It is the, a wide sole, it's not a It's the rubber yeah. off yeah. of the bottom of one of those, yeah. yeah. 
you know, I'm sure they must have had something on the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or a rock. Or a rock, yeah. <laughs> or a rock, I know. Exactly. Literally a rock will do it. I saw yeah. Castaway, it works. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's a historic documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, besides those guys, the, in October 1937, a British Colonial Service survey team went to the island and spent three days surveying yeah. it. Uh, that those were the guys that uh, they, they they I think they counted 111 big coconut trees with lots of coconuts on them. They said that there was um, just you know scads and scads of fish in the lagoon and big coconut crabs, which would be real good eats and probably not that hard to catch. And so there was plenty of plenty of, of stuff to keep them alive there. And last of all, there would have been a lot of stuff if if their plane was actually on the reef. Wouldn't they? Wouldn't you have offloaded everything that you could off of that plane onto the island? That's presuming that you're able to get back to the plane easily. Well, apparently they were because they kept going to the plane to make radio calls. Radio contact, yeah. yeah. Maybe they stayed in the plane. It could, it could be that they stayed in the plane, too. They may have said, that is a long way, and I can't make that swim. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, sharks, because yeah. we're all afraid of sharks. Oh, and, yeah. or, I'm sorry. Oh, no. And, and so they just say, screw it. We're going to stay here where we can use our radio, which is weird because the radio probably would have been dead in the water. But OK, OK, whatever. Yeah. Well, no, this is this. Uh, the reef was actually somebody did a, an analysis of that whole thing, of the tides and everything. And the reef was actually high and dry. Oh, was it? Most of the time. I mean, it was not always completely high and dry, but uh, it, I, I, think, I think the water rose up over the top of it, but not huge, not a huge amount. OK. Although so, tides varied from day to day. I, of course, I was obviously. under the presumption that it would have been partially submerged at all times. That no. was That was my presumption. No. I would... I guess piggyback on the argument that Steve was making earlier that the sh- the plane could have been on the outer edge of the reef, kind of like, you know, almost like a car over a cliff, mm-hmm. right? And so you kind of have to say, well, yeah, there's usable stuff in there, but if I go back in there and get sucked down with it, I'm done. So let's mm-hmm. just stay where we're at with the things we have. Yeah, but but the... you would assume that they had something. But they were again, yeah, they you were... would have taken something with you if the plane plops down and yeah. isn't moving. You grab whatever you, you can. You get your go bag of stuff and you go. Yeah. Well, and they had, as far as I know, unless they were really, really stupid and they threw it away, they had a life raft in there. Although, let's uh, be fair, they threw away their antenna, so they yeah, might they have might, I, know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. They were offloading stuff to reduce weight, right? Yeah, yeah. Before and they so left on this last want, leg, Who needs so. a life raft? Yeah, I mean, so really. nobody really knows. I mean, I suppose you could you could say with you know, perfect common sense, say, hey, if we go down, we're just gonna we're just gonna break up and die anyway. So who needs a life raft? So sure. maybe that's what they were thinking. I yeah, don't know. those life rafts are really heavy. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, so anyway, I, it still amazes me that so many people take this theory seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I have I a lot of problems the, with it. I think it's the hope. I guess. You know? Because, well, I mean, that's the thing. We encounter, eternal, this, yeah. well, and we encounter this in a lot of stories, right? The logical answer is this person disappeared. These people are dead. This happened. And I know that sounds really jaded, but that is the logical answer. But as humans, we want to assume that these other human beings survived. And don't, but, and don't forget also that uh, there's some people who make money off this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, so Rick Gillespie and Tiger, they mm-hmm. made, made a good living off this yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, maybe, I should, I, mm-hmm. maybe I should start doing something like this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, like a podcast about stuff like this or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get on to our last theory. Now, yeah, this, speaking this... of, we're going to break up in the air anyway. Yeah, right? yeah, I know. So uh, this is um, a lot of, there are people who really believe this. In fact, it seems kind of obvious, actually. Uh, 
So they faced headwinds throughout the trip. Um, I had heard 26.5 miles an hour, but let's assume it was intermittent. Mm. Uh, So I I concluded an average headwind of 20 miles an hour, just for fun. Optimum airspeed for the Electra was 145 miles an hour for the best fuel economy, which, of course, you're going to want the best bang for your buck Mm fuel-wise if you're Amelia and Fred. Uh, I was told that Amelia intended to fly at 142 to 145 MPH. That would give the Electra a ground speed of, we're assuming again, 20 miles an hour average headwinds. That would be a ground speed of 125 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So they reported at 2014, 20 hours and 14 minutes into their trip, that they turned to the 157, 337 bearing. Right. So if their ground speed was 125 miles an hour, they would have been 2,529 miles into the trip. And 27 miles short of Gardner Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So remember what the commander of the Itasca said about the smoke column? He didn't think it'd be more than 20 miles, right? Yeah, from the north and west, he mm-hmm. didn't think it would be visible more than 20 miles. And so it's it's a huge shame. But I, you know, if they had just gone a few more miles before they made that turn, uh, you know, it things might have seen it. They might have turned out a lot differently. If they were be able to see the sun, then, then it had just come up. It, uh, it, so it might have been shining in their eyes if they could see it. It doesn't sound like they, they could because if they had been able to see the sun, you would think they'd be able to see that column of smoke. Mm. Mm, oh, yeah, maybe. Or maybe not. You know, Maybe they popped out into the sun and, they, and, and the, the, the column of smoke was directly between them and the sun and they were, just, they were kind of blinded and they just couldn't see it. Yeah. So I can't remember, was it, was it a coal-fired unit or was it steam-fired, this, this ship? Because I'm trying to see, is it, is it actually black smoke that it was belching or was it... It was oil, wasn't it? Yeah. Steam or oil or what was yeah, it? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was some kind of sooty thing. I'm not sure. Okay. They were, so it would have been a black... It wouldn't have been a steam cloud yeah. that could yeah, have been. Oh, no. okay. I it just was... suddenly couldn't grab that mm-hmm. bit of information. Yeah, I believe it was coal-fired. Eh, I probably should have checked on that. Sorry. But I guess also coming out of a bunch of clouds, you might think, well, there's another freaking cloud. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, well, where are we? According to what the commander said, he seemed to think it was pretty distinctively darker than the surrounding clouds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Said he said it was. It would have. There's no way they could have not seen it. Okay. Yeah. Unless they were more than 20 miles. Unless away. they were more than 20 miles away to the west. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that they might have chosen a poor time to arrive at Howland. They, they probably should have left Lai a little later, mm-hmm. like one or two in the afternoon, and then and that way they would get there. It'd be mid morning, mm. and the Rather light than the it, light would be better. Yeah. Bad more. Yeah. Yeah. Low light. Yeah. yeah. But as, as far as tuning too soon, I, how Fred Noonan could have made that navigational error is up to, there's been conjecture about that. The one is that uh, just because of the weather conditions, it was impossible for him to get accurate fixes on stars and the sun. Uh, and so he was just going by dead reckoning. And he figured at that 20 hours of flight, they had to have reached the longitude of Howland. And maybe they underestimated, underestimated the the total strength of the headwinds against them. Mm. Uh, and then there's another theory that I read about, which is that he might have been able to take a fix on the sun as it came up. And you can do that to fix, if you know the time, you can, you do, you can use that to fix your latitude. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have to make, there's a certain way of calculating it if you're on land, but if you're a thousand feet in the air, you have to make an adjustment to that. And do you Otherwise, have to know what the time is locally? Yeah. So that could have been based on too. all, I mean, we've, we've been doing everything in Greenwich Mean, but if, if the time zones are so weird, he could have easily been an hour ahead or behind of or where he was an hour. or mm. half an hour. And that would have changed his, his bearing. And they'd been I, up for what, 20 hours 20 through hours. a storm? Yeah. No, it was a, I, I, I'm sure, 
you, I, you know, when you do this stuff, you know, I don't know much about navigation, but I'm sure you've got to use Greenwich Mean Time. You can't be futzing around with time zones. I don't know, like yeah, that. but yeah, but I mean, but okay, but even Either if it's way, not that, you could have that, been tired more now. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, exactly. they've been flying for how many days? For how many yeah. average hours a day? You yeah, know, and they're coming off a 20-hour leg at the end of their trip through yeah. a storm. You sure. see the sun and you go, yeah, just turn that way. Yep. Yeah. And so, it's the wrong way. Yeah, and so it, it might have been a, a really easy navigation error. Mm-hmm. You know, something that he didn't make that adjustment, and uh, if he had just... And they ran out of fuel, and they, yeah. they dumped it into open ocean. Yeah. See, it, it, this is the whole thing, is why it's... Uh, they, they, if their radio receiver had been working, this would have turned out a lot differently. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. because they could have gotten a weather report from the Itasca, and they would have known, basically, it's sunny to the south and east... Cloud banks north and west, so they know that they're either in a cloud bank to the west of Howland or in a cloud bank to the north of Howland. Yeah. And all they have to do is turn southeast and keep going until you reach the sun. Mm-hmm. And turn right. Yeah, that's yep. it. Turn right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's that's a, damn, a bummer. It's a damn shame. I mean, just that one little thing, you know, lacking that radio receiver. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it totally well, holds And again, people. I think it's, it's, we started joking about this in the beginning, but I think it's, she was using new tech and there yeah. was some problems with that. And, wasn't tested and something went went wrong with it. I think yeah. she, and we'll never know what the problem was. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we, never, we might find out. We might find a plane one of these days. Maybe. But I have a feeling that by the time we find the plane, <gasps> the everything is going to be so corroded interior-wise. Uh, and we're not going to be, oh, look, that one glass fuse mm-hmm. was blue. No, all the stuff's mm-hmm. going to be Yeah, no but if good. we find the plane on land, then we'll know that they lived. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if we find it, we'll probably find some mysterious evidence that he's choked her to death on their way down. <laughs> That'll open Why'd up a... you do this? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So much for... Th- uh, you guys have any more thoughts? Any more theories? No. I think, yeah. You I think, think it's an unfortunate accident. Yeah, yeah very, very unfortunate. Um, so, yeah. Next... So, don't try to fly around the world with first-gen tech, guys. Well, and yeah. also, don't throw away your trailing antenna, because yeah. if they'd had that functioning radio, things would have turned out differently. Way differently. Yeah. yeah, that was a big mistake. May have been a hassle, but it was worth it. Yeah. All right, well, so much of that mystery. Another one down. Uh, you probably know if we have a website or not. Well, yes, we do. It's called thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, <laughs> where you can download episodes, uh, you can leave comments, you can check our links. We always put a few links up for all of our mysteries. Uh, if uh, you find us on iTunes, where, where of course we are, you can subscribe and leave us a review, hopefully, hopefully a nice review. And of course, you can stream us at any one of a billion websites. We're on Facebook, so find us out there. You can like us uh, and follow us. You can also join the group because we have a mm-hmm. Facebook group. Twitter, that is Thinking Sideways without the G. Uh, and of course, we have an email account. We really do. Yeah, yeah. We do. Thinking Sideways Podcast at Gmail. If you've got theories about Amelia, or if you are Amelia and Fred, send and us an email. And you figured out how to use email. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? We got a subreddit. I'm not sure how active that is right now, but it's you know, fine. It's there. Okay. Just keep joining and okay. talking. Yeah, and join we'll talk. Get there. Yeah. And last of all, if you want to support the show, uh, we are on Patreon.com. That's a, the kind of thing where it's kind of like. Uh, you pledge a certain amount per episode. It's like run for the arts. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you're comfortable with per. We've also got the the PayPal, and we've been putting up new merch. Yeah. Oh yeah, we oh, yeah. got a bunch PayPal of new merch on, mm-hmm. our, on our website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, not 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 necessary, but if it's you feel cool like shirts. it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and stickers. The, yeah, stickers. Yeah, we've been selling a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know, half a dozen anyway. Uh, so I guess it's Patreon.com/slash Thinking Sideways if you want to find us. And the other links are on our website. Oh, it's all on yeah. our website. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for this week. You guys yeah. have any final thoughts? No. 
I'm not, good. Not yeah. going to fly my plane anywhere soon. Yeah, not over the ocean, that's no. for sure. Let's take off. All right. Bye, guys.